Welcome to The Last Thing I Saw. This is the beginning of the Can series of episodes, 2022. I'm returning to Can after a couple of years or three. I've lost count, as many of us have, in the long, dark winter of the pandemic. Fortunately, at least we can hold a festival. Not we, personally. But at any rate, I'm very pleased to be kicking things off and also just being at Cannes again uh, with Eric Hines. Hello, Eric. Hello, Nick. Good to see you. Good to be back. Yes, indeed. Uh, we are, you know what, I'm, I'm going to kind of luxuriate in this a little bit. Uh, we are on a nice terrace. It is sunny and breezy, and it is a rare moment of non-frenetic activity that I'm going to sort of savor before things really get into high gear. Yeah, usually I put the emphasis when people say that they're jealous, that they're not in Cannes. I get to be in the south of France. I put the emphasis on the fact that I barely spend any time outside unless I'm in a line <laughs> um, and that there's no fancy red carpets involved with what we do. And yet, yes, I think it's worth noting that we get to do a podcast on a terrace on a gorgeous, perfect day. <laughs> um, and this is a beautiful, beautiful place. Yes. Um, so there are there are nice aspects. There's no doubt about it. There are. And... We'll just mention, uh, you know, I think, Eric, you'll be writing about the festival and also, I'm sure, keeping an eye out for titles in your capacity as a curator at a Museum of the Moving Image. Right. Yes. Yeah, so I'll be, I'm, I'm uh, accredited for Reverse Shot, our old uh, shingle, and yeah, and doing some talks with you, and but also looking at for films for, for First Look, our annual festival at the museum as well. Um, as just, every, you know, the films that people are going to be talking about over the next year. Yes. So you offer a multivalent perspective, whereas I'm just me. <laughs> <laughs> I always like to undercut my introduction. Significant uh, <laughs> features for significant publications in addition to your podcast, Nick, yes. But enough of the good nature banter. <laughs> Let's get right into this year's lineup. This is the beginning, so we're just going to offer an overview of a few films and maybe one or two that we've already seen. But, you know, as usual, it's a jam-packed schedule. Although I think it's fair to say, you know, it, this is the first year that kind of stands on its own uh, in the sense that last year's kind of anomaly of a festival occurring right. in the summer was really, really full because it was almost like one and a half or two years worth of a lineup. Right. So it's worth remembering that a little bit. But there's certainly plenty to look forward to here. Plenty of Big auteur is David Cronenberg, Crimes of the Future, which very soon will be coming out in the U.S. at least in, in early June. Also, Ruben Ostland with Triangle of Sadness, Claire Denis with Stars at Noon, bringing up the end of the festival, although we might focus a little bit on the first half. Also, you know, Kelly Reichart uh, was showing up. But Eric, what are, what are some titles you're, you're looking forward to? I mean, those for sure. But as has been noted before, it's a festival that is dense with previous contributors to the festival. A lot of folks have been back again. There are, of course, a fair amount of first-timers, especially in the Uncertain Regards section, but the competition is filled with a lot of folks who've been here before. The Claire Denis has not been in competition, so she's never been in competition, True. so that's um, belated, obscenely belated, but good to see her there. But yeah, so other sort of returnees, like uh, the Arnaud de Pachin with Brothers and Sister, uh, brother and sister, excuse me, and uh, James Gray with Armageddon Time, which ple <laughs> which plays tomorrow. I'm very eager to see it. Very very eager to talk to you about it afterwards. Yeah, that's. I'm, I'm very curious about that one. It's sort of, I guess, autobiographical. It's fair to say. Although, I always wonder what that means for for him, since in a way, 
there always seems to be some little thread of autobiography oh, in his other movies. Yeah, some, some are New York located, which feels extremely close to him. But yeah, I think even the ones that have not been New York set and the ones that have been more further afield for him still feel deeply him. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I don't know. I always like to think of like Little Odessa as somehow <laughs> his original. And beyond that, you know, that's there's sort of the films in the main competition and then a certain regard, you know, there's often things you can kind of pick out there or, or try out a new voice there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's a few there that are filmmakers that I've, they've had some previous films that I'm just interested in sort of, you know, they've, a certain regard is not, obviously not a, a showcase for first-time filmmakers, but it is a place where someone earlier in their career could show up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for, you know, for example, there's there's a film, um, Rodeo from Lola Quiveron, mm-hmm. which has a very interesting premise just of a young woman who's in a who is a sort of motorbike maven and and kind of getting into kind of infiltrating the scene uh there and actually put me in mind of this of a documentary do you remember that documentary 12 o'clock boys yes indeed whose director yes. has a, has a film here as well coincidentally who i think is which i think is scheduled close to I'm actually seeing one after the other oh. tomorrow. I yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'm. I, I was. I was intrigued by that. Yeah, that potential lineup. Those one after the other. Yeah. Yeah. Twelve o'clock boys, which was you know a documentary, but had hybrid elements. Mm-hmm. And I think this film is more of a fiction film with documentary elements. Also, also in uncertain regard. Uncertain regard. Harka is the name of that film. Harka. But anyway, we'll we'll be dipping into into that section in the rest of the festival, and then of course you know the parallel showcases the, the Kanzen, the director's fortnight yep. which i think picked up a lot of slack or a certain amount of slack this year uh, in term as it always does you know movies you might expect with the initial announcement at can that then you find in find also, in Kanzen. that and also does a better job of having films by women <laughs> as yes, well as documentaries <laughs> and like it's just a better spread of yeah. of representation yeah. period and you know if, for example i mean like that's where the mia hansen love the latest Mia Hansen Love uh, mm-hmm. film is One Fine Morning, right? Um, which I constantly think of as One Fine Day. Correct. And then occasionally, no, no doubt, One Fine Day will have been a superior film than One Fine Morning. <laughs> and then ev- inevitably, that puts in my head the songs Some Velvet Morning. So it just, and then someone else reminded me of the um, David Burns song. I guess there's a David Burns song as well. Uh, One- Brand new day. Oh, I thought there was one. Isn't Brand New Day Sting? <laughs> <laughs> one Fine Day, indeed, is a David Byrne, Brian Eno song. Yes. <laughs> That's it, yes. Yeah. Anyway, so you see our just synapses are just going going off here. But yeah, uh, no, so that section has Alice, the new Alice Winokur film, the Alex Garland, mm-hmm. the Anna Rose Homer film mm-hmm. follow up from the fits i feel like that's actually uh, not again this is all sight unseen we're going on, mm-hmm. on on backgrounds and resumes here but that's the sort of spot where her going from making the fits and being in sundance to being in kanzan feels like a yeah. wonderful step up you know yeah. so yeah i don't doesn't seem like that's a filling a gap necessarily and, and in some ways like actually not sure over the years if you lump it put the kanzan lineup against the uncertain regard lineup if like what the batting average is because Kenzen right uh, the, the, a certain regard I feel like does sometimes have a spotty lineup comparatively yeah it can be that way I agree and I mean then also you can have people who are you know high profile but are doing their first feature in 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 such a regard for example which I think applies to War Pony I think is a yes, certain regard is. title yeah. co-directed by Riley Keough and Gina Hamill 
I want to say. Certainly hope that's right. Um, <laughs> so, which, you know, I think is, is a title worth keeping an eye on. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, back to the Kanzen. You know, it's, it's, it's probably ended up being a place where I've made more discoveries just because things get trumpeted more elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very curious to see Ennismen, the follow-up from Mark Jenkin uh, after mm. the previous feature, which I liked quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and the and the, the new Verena Paraval and Lucian Casting Tale yes. is there, which we've both seen and can't talk about yet. That's I suppose right. could get into a lot of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I think we signed a. I think we clicked a box. Yeah, we did saying that we wouldn't. I, actually, now, yeah, I think there's a drone flying over us that <laughs> it appears to be armed. So I really don't want to say more on that film. Yeah, there's like the level of, of expectations around the. I'm, I'm not even complaining about it. I don't no. really care about embargoes. <laughs> but at the point, like, it has really become like this legal document now when it comes to embargoes. <laughs> yeah. Well. So, yes, we'll talk about that later on. But it is there. It does speak to the spread, as we're saying, of like what you can find in Kazan, that an experimental documentary is there as well as yes. the new um, The Handsome Love. And actually, I mean, maybe that's a good moment if you want to speak to that, just the kind of perennial question of documentary and nonfiction film uh, at Cannes, where you kind of have to build your own buffet in a way, <laughs> in a way yeah. because of the way, the particular way it's framed and presented here is maybe a little different than other yeah. festivals. Well, yeah, there's no documentary section, which I actually am not, for a, a, an all-encompassing festival, I actually am not entirely sold on the idea of there being a, a separate nonfiction and, and, and fiction categorization, but I am certainly not, if you're not going to make a section for documentary for the idea that there's a scarce number of nonfiction titles playing is something that always I find strange. And for this to be the preeminent mm-hmm. festival yeah. globally, to be so, you know, we'll have documentary so woefully underrepresented uh, is consistently troubling, but then also exactly which documentaries do play here is yeah. mystifying. So you have <laughs> like this mix of of kind of celebrity associated documentaries either because they've produced it or made it um, or it's about them it seems to be the most <laughs> frequent application of, of programming documentaries and then there you know but then you also get kind of legendaries you know like so the previously like Agnes Varda would always be playing here like famously Michael Moore won the mm-hmm. Palm Door with a documentary of course that yeah. was the only documentary in competition too so you know, and so like they've they've certainly acknowledged over the last couple of years that there's something there's a gap there, and their way of addressing that is to create a jury that rewards mm. a a film, uh, a documentary film, and it's usually a, a storied group of people that pick that. But it's bizarre. They basically watch every single documentary in here, including restorations of documentaries too. Uh-huh. So they're not even looking at just contemporary films, huh. and it is a real strange assortment of films from each from every section, basically. But that said, last year, that jury selected a, a Night of Knowing Nothing, this mm. like, fantastic, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. experimental nonfiction work by a very young filmmaker. So, and that, I think, did a lot for that film. And p- certainly people knew about it when it would show up at other festivals. So maybe even it's a strange situation, but maybe it, it, there's still something good to come from that way of doing things. But, yeah, there's still just you look at you look at these lineups and there's just not too many. Are there are there any are there a couple that are worth kind of singling out so they don't get lost? Oh yeah, I mean the 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 Sergei Nietzsche film, uh, his latest is here, um, and that's always an event. That's always a big, a big deal. It's got um, a great title too. I want to get it right. It does indeed. Where are we? Well, there's a Patricio Guzman film, My Imaginary Country. Mm. He usually premieres here. So like, he's one of the great documentary filmmakers. So like, it's fantastic that that he's here and that he's in uh, out of competition at Cannes. But it's not a surprise that he's here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Um, th- there's a new a biography of 
Jerry Lee Lewis by Ethan Cohen here. I don't know yes. what to make of that. That's here. <laughs> uh, a tidy 73-minute film. The Sergei Luznitsa is called uh, The Natural History of Destruction, which is <laughs> incredible. Yeah. Always always going for the subtlety. Sergei Luznitsa. <laughs> There's also the new Brett Morgan film, Moon Age Daydream, about David Bowie. Yes. So it's uh, so these are and, and those are all out of competition on the main stage. Yeah. And I... I I just want to give like a one-liner about the Lesnitsa, which I have not seen just because I think it's it's such an interesting and brave topic. It's about the kind of toll of, of war on civilian populations. And that in itself is interesting, but also part of what he's collected archival footage about is interesting, partly about Germany in World War II, if I understand correctly, which is, you know, <laughs> clearly like he's sort of not afraid to cast his thesis with a wide net and uh, wherever that might take him. So, if, you know, if anyone thought he was making a particular kind of documentary from a particular side or viewpoint, you know, in, in that case, he's exploring the idea. So, yeah. Yeah. Very, very, very curious, very interested in that. I think the only, the only we, we, there's two other sections that we don't have to go into. I mean, folks probably are somewhat aware of this, but that said, mm-hmm. I know people who show up to this festival to cover it and are actually unfamiliar with all these sections. Yeah. Um, but there's also uh, Critics Week, Saman de la Critique, uh, which is, if you're, and another thing, if you've never been here, this might be useful for you to I'll quickly pause here before we go into that section, is that there's a, there's a, there's a physical element or a sort of architectural element <laughs> yeah. to how this all fits together so there is the palais which you may have heard of which is this sort of giant pentagon sized structure <laughs> that houses the main two stages as well as three four other theaters of decent size yes that's right so you've got the grand theater lumiere mm-hmm. and the debussy yeah and those the, uh, the first time i ever came here was actually to see the this is donbass and the debussy oh, and yes and I thought, wow, this is right. This is amazing. This is the theater. This is incredible. It's gigantic. It's like 1,200 seats. Right. Now, that's the smaller theater. Right. Lumiere, which I think is 2,000, yeah. is that's where the red carpet goes to. Anyway, but then there's smaller theaters, the Bazin, the Bunuel. Well. Yeah. Um, and then there's it. in the backyard of this giant structure oh, yeah, there's is a, a pop-up theater, which is now called the Agnes Varda. That is like 600 seats or something insane. Yeah. So th- and that's like the official festival. But then in another structure, about a 10-minute walk away, mm-hmm. is where the Kazan is. It's yeah. in the basement of the Marriott. <laughs> but a beautiful theater. Yeah. And then further down the road, and about 15 minutes away from here, is where uh, the Miramar, which is where the Samanda Critique is played. So Yeah, which, yeah, I know, I know you, like me, are a connoisseur of different theatrical spaces. And I feel like there's something sort of differently convivial about each of those uh, totally. further flung places. The, the one in the Marriott basement... Just because it's in the basement. I mean, it's not at all like, it's not like you walk in and they're trying to book you a room there or something. But I don't know, it reminds me how there used to be a, a, a screen underneath the Plaza Hotel where I did some, in New York, where I did some formative viewing. And I don't know, it's just kind of funny to go go there. And and, and, and the the Kansan Theater that also has sort of these schoolroom seats. You're right. They certainly so, do. So I feel like I have to pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> in a particular way. But it's also like one of the... Kazan and Samantha Critique actually have Q&As. Yes. Which also ones, doesn't yeah. happen... That's true. ...in the official yeah. presentations. You have maybe extended introductions and you have extended standing ovations, but you don't have it's true. Q&As. Which, I mean, it's funny, even when you point it out, I realized that I can sort of forget that after a while. You just, you know... Because the, 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 
<laughs> the structure of screening series with the, the opening trailer reel or opening festival animation is that you're ascending to heaven basically because it's the it's this the red stairs that are decorated with the names of directors and each year you can look who's been added to the to the ranks or if there's a covert typo in there (laughs) but anyway yeah so and then you go straight up the stairs right into cinema heaven whereas the kenzan and samanda critique are more what you find at another festival you know true theaters are more of that size they are and, and there's kind of the the programmers are very active. They're doing introductions. They're telling you why they picked. It's about the critique in particular. That's where you get yeah. a programmer will come out and speak for five minutes about why they chose the film and what yeah. they think about the filmmaker. Have they been, been tracking that filmmaker? And then there's like a full Q&A afterwards. Yeah, which is really nice. It's almost like you have a number of different programming and film watching cultures within the same grouping. And, and not only that, but then kind of an infrastructure for an entire festival for each of those sections yeah. too, like the like programming teams, the sort of the exhibition elements, like they're all, they're, you know, they're yeah. related, but different entities. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of like the overview uh, initially, you know, obviously there are other films that we could, could single out, but I think we usually try to watch them before <laughs> saying anything anything more in depth it's usually for the best for yes. the best i guess there is one film that i've seen and since it was here i, I can i can mention something which was the opening night film which so was the opening like night film appropriate to talk about yes absolutely uh and that is in the french coupe cut from director uh, michelle has a vicious i don't know if that's exactly how you pronounce his last name but i like to think that it's vicious because he seems like such a mild-mannered entertainer in terms of his directorial personality, obviously he did the artist, but this one, I think someone has already pointed out, is maybe closer to the kind of goofiness of the OSS spy spoofs. So Coupe is, I can't say the opening night pictures here are always gonna be like the best titles that, are, that show here. You know, certainly they make some kind of splash. I mean, in this case, the splash is showing a zombie comedy. The only thing is, that already happened a few years ago. <laughs> it certainly did. <laughs> With uh, Jim Jarmusch's uh, The Dead Don't Die. And I kind of think I like more than this one. Uh, this is basically the idea is a filmmaker is making a movie, is, is making a, a zombie comedy. Um, and then there's a question of whether these are actually uh, zombies. And, and then there's kind of like a filmmaking stunt involved in it because it's being shot live so that's that's the kind of premise of it and Roman Dury plays the uh director right well, who, I, who I always love I like Roman Dury yeah he's a guy I sort of wonder like whatever happened to Roman Dury and this is what happened he's he plays a very angry <laughs> furiously screaming director in this and Berenice Bejo Bejo uh-huh. she plays I guess the filmmaker's partner in the movie she happens to also be has uh, a real life partner, and she's probably like, I think, keeps on this tightrope of the comedic tone of the movie the best of anyone in in the film, and it's, I, 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 the film kind of hinges on it being over the top, and then you're realizing later there was a reason why it was over the top, and but by that point you may have already kind of as I sort of was kind of burnt out <laughs> on the film. But at the same time, you know, I was kind of happy to see something silly, mm-hmm. which I kind of is part of the part sure. of the kind of bubble puncturing use of it. Right. Right. But yeah, you know, also very important to mention that it is a remake of, of a Japanese film, which perhaps needless to say, 
was better. <laughs> but <laughs> one cut of the dead, right? Yes, one cut of the dead. So worth seeing that. Which it's amazing that the French title is such a French title <laughs> of one cut of the dead. It went from one cut of the dead to cut exclamation point. Right. Yeah. With the intervening step of just being called Z or Z. Right. And then the mini mini controversy over how that was a symbol of Russian nationalism, so they didn't want to do that in light of the invasion of Ukraine by Russia. Fair enough. Fair enough. So we get so now we have coupe. Um, which makes this film part of the selection of films in film history where the title is spoken in the movie. <laughs> As you might expect, <laughs> being that a main character is a director. But anyway, for those keeping score, added to that list. Is there a Wikipedia list of those? I think it, there must be. There's like a Wikipedia list of films that start with a diphthong. So Likely. Likely. If not, I know of a couple of people who might know <laughs> offhand. Yes. Anyway, so that's my that was my opening film experience. Um, and then just to sort of cover the waterfront for those yes. who are actually learning from us, and you shouldn't be, but if you are, uh, the the one other section we didn't mention is a seed, uh, which yes. is sort of ind- independent film. Which actually I've always w- do not see n- nearly enough films from that section. I'm especially interested in this year, yes. and yet that is truly kind of like it represents itself as uh, as as what it is in terms of a self-sufficient festival that is off to the side of the main one because those theaters are very small and so they sell out extremely quickly so it's actually hard for us to get tickets to those mm-hmm. but that is filled with sort of curios and experiments and truly diverse array of films that I'm eager to see um, now or later if need be and then there's also obviously Restorations and legacy, mm-hmm. Cannes classics, Cannes classics, which I'd I'd love to get to the point in my life where I could <laughs> not see new movies and just see classics at this particular festival. Um, it's not yeah. really what any of us are brought here to do. Yeah, um, but, but it, it exists. But it, it exists. I mean, last year especially, I think I did a whole episode on it because it's just quietly such a really interesting selection of films that gets also are, are often being surfaced. Um, sure, that should be part of like. <laughs> Our conversation of like important films, so I'm very curious to try to discover something here or there. And a seed, yeah, definitely second that. I mean, just sort of randomly, I think that's where Claire Simone movie screened that we're both fans of. Mm-hmm. And you'll find just kind of independent productions on a smaller scale there often. And if you were sort of curious about non like brand new, say particular French filmmakers you probably will be potentially more excited at a seed than you would at Samantha Critique or Kanzai. Not obviously not every title, mm-hmm. but this is truly the stuff that does not get exported. Um, yeah. and that doesn't get seen very often. And I feel like that's, you know, if you're looking to make discoveries, this is a good place to go. Yeah. Well, I yeah. think that might bring us to uh, a conclusion. And Where are you headed today? What's your film today next? That's a good question. I think my next film will probably be what I guess is the Kanzen opener. I'm going to see the Pietro Marcello. I think that is the opener, yes. Yeah, I'm seeing that later this evening as well. And then I'm going to see uh, Kirill Serebrenikov's uh, film this afternoon. Yes, which obvious, for obvious reasons, um, since he's only recently emerged from Russia after periods of house arrests and trumped up court dramas so yeah that's that's definitely one i'm curious to see as well you know i'm going to take a second on that nick because i know we're wrapping up but i just wanted to note that that's his second film in a year in a row that he's been in competition i think or was he in certain regard last year with petrov's flu this year of course things are have changed a lot and obviously the war is Mm -hmm. is is, russia has gone to war in ukraine and there's been a lot of discussion about whether or not you films from russia should be programmed there should be 
a ban on work from Russian artists, and that conversation is not something we can get to right now. But I will say that I just came from a festival in Warsaw, hmm. Docs, Millennium Docs Against Gravity, a fantastic documentary festival in Warsaw. Um, that I know that the programming team was very much trying to work through how best to handle this, and, hmm. and I think as a team, they were not into banning films uh, but they did decide to put a pause on programming of Russian films for this year mm. um, with the idea that it would be a one year only to acknowledge where things stand. Uh, this festival of course didn't make that choice and it is a choice that I think is personally the right one. It is probably a case by case situation. Mm -hmm. It's very very hard to think that you should have banned Kirill Serebrennikov from being here when this is a dissident artist who right. was prosecuted by Putin, mm -hmm. um, is outspoken and open about where his politics are in his films. So I'm very glad that it's here. And for those who are uh, dissatisfied with that decision, to some degree, I understand it, but I'm glad to, to see that here. I, I mean, I think that this festival might be the one that could overstep in certain ways because it is such a marketplace and it is mm. such a showcase for international cinema. I'd be curious about what decisions they would make for a filmmaker who's maybe not a dissident artist, um, but I don't see that in the in the list this year. Yeah, no, that that's definitely yeah one of the kind of things swirling uh, around the festival that's that's worth bearing in mind. It doesn't take place in a vacuum <laughs> as, as much as it's kind of able to create its own weather system uh, here at can so yeah that's important to mention so I think we can we can wrap up there we'll be back again soon uh, with a few films under our belt so stay tuned but for now we'll, we'll sign off there indeed thank you Eric see you again soon Nick you've been listening to the last thing I saw with your host Nicholas Rapold this episode was co-produced by John Gaudio please consider signing up at rapold.substack.com. Special thanks to the Minarets for the opening music. Thank you for listening. Mm -hmm.